So on today's show, you're going to hear some comedy from Jim Gaffigan from a CD he has called King Baby. And you can find out more about Jim Gaffigan at jimgaffigan.com. Every time I hear his camping stuff, I laugh until I cry. So comedy from Jim Gaffigan. And then you're going to hear me tell a few of my camping stories. And then at the end of the show, the question, where are you going to camp when it comes to all the things going on in America right now? When it comes to marriage, when it comes to the Supreme Court ruling, where are you going to camp? I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL. I did. I truly laughed out loud. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. Is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cake. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is This is life. This is life. Life. This is Life with Lisa Williams. So let me just start by saying thank you to Rebecca Carroll. Rebecca was the guest on all five of last week's shows because I was going to be out of town. And I've listened to the shows, I think, three times now. And will probably listen again because Rebecca is full of grace and poise. And yet she was just open and transparent about so many things. So beautifully depicting the grace of God, the power of Jesus Christ, the dark side of addiction and hiding things. I mean, it was just... It was great. I was like driving to Wyoming, re-listening to the shows that had been released, and then listening again this weekend, thinking, thank you, God, for Rebecca, and she's a role model to me to be honest and to show my scars and my wounds so that people can see there is a God who loves us, and I don't know. It was just good. So thank you, Rebecca Carroll. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, so before you have to listen to me go on and on and on and on about camping, let's first listen to comedian Jim Gaffigan. I thought of this comedy routine so many times when I was camping. My wife always brings up, camping's a tradition in my family. Hey, it was a tradition in everyone's family till we came up with a house. (laughs) My parents never took me camping. You know why? Because they loved me. It'll get you closer to nature. I want to keep the relationship professional. If it's so great outside, why are all the bugs trying to get in my house? Some places you have to pay to camp. You have to pay to sleep outside. That's got to be insulting to the homeless people. How much does this cost you? I live out here! That must be really expensive. Occasionally at the campsite, you'll see the Winnebago. That's kind of cheating, isn't it? Oh, that's what I forgot. My house. (laughs) Okay, so let me unpack my camping. First of all, for anyone who was praying that I would make it back and not get eaten by a bear, I was not. I I didn't even see a bear. I did see a moose. um, But the moose didn't try to attack me or my family. And so uh, it was just gorgeous. If you've never been to Wyoming, this was my first time to go. And I really didn't know what to expect about Wyoming, uh, but what is there is beauty. I guess in the winter, it can be pretty treacherous because there were a lot of signs about snow and um, where to park your snowmobiles, but I don't plan to go to Wyoming ever in the winter. I went in the summer and you should go, or at least consider going in the summer. 
there's so much to see. The Grand Teton Mountains are breathtaking. I will put a picture up on the Life with Lisa Williams Facebook page so you can see them. They are they are amazing. And this is from a woman. I've been to the Alps and I've been to the Andes. You know, I've, I've seen mountains. I have been to Austria and the Sound of Music Mountains. I have been there. I, I live in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in Denver. You know, I, I love mountains. I've seen mountains. These Grand Tetons, you got to see them. They're just breathtaking. And everything is so pretty in Wyoming as far as the colors. I think that the air is just so clean there. So the sky is so blue and the sun filters so beautifully and the rivers are so blue and the trees are so prolific and so green. I mean, it was just really pretty, really pretty. So I'm very thankful to my friends who talked me into going. There were many things I loved about camping, specifically being with my friends. We were at a campsite between Yellowstone National Park and the Grand Teton National Park. And so we camped. And as long as I'm bringing up Yellowstone, if you haven't been there, it's just so amazing. Uh, Old Faithful is there. And so we, with thousands of people, I mean, lots of people vacation there. I mean, thousands. It felt like there was a thousand people sitting with us waiting for Old Faithful. And we waited and then she blew and the wind blew Old Faithful all over us. And so it was exciting. Old Faithful actually touched me and um, I got video of all that and, you know, everyone laughing and the the beauty of all of it. It's just, if you haven't been to Wyoming, I think it will refresh you if you're able to go and just enjoy. There's some high-end resorts um, that you can stay in. I don't even know how much they cost, although I did stop by and get some, you know, pamphlets, but I would have to see how much it would cost to stay at some of these places in the, um, like, Grand Teton National Park. And then there's just dirt plots that you can rent <laughs> and just stay on a dirt plot <laughs> in the parks or near the parks, which is kind of what we did. Like, my friends, <laughs> my friends brought like a little house. They all, they they had um, campers. My family opted for a camper cabin, which, you know, executive producer Paul Goldsmith made fun of me when I told him that I had a camper cabin. He said, of course you did. You didn't sleep on the ground. I knew you wouldn't sleep on the ground. Well, it was like sleeping on the ground because it was this pad on um, a bunk bed and it was really hard. <laughs> it was like sleeping on the ground as far as I was concerned. There was no electricity in my cabin. There was no running water in my cabin. It was just this one room cabin that we slept in and you had to walk a ways to the bathroom. There was a bathroom there at the campsite and there was showers there. And, and, you know, it was just rustic. It took me back to high school when you go to camp. It was just a very rustic. The weird part for me were all the people camping there. I just thought that was, I don't know, just the, the, the strangers, you kind of mill around together <laughs> and they're cooking and they're maybe they're, they're in a tent or they have a camper and they're from all over. You hear all these different accents from the South and from the Northeast and there's just people milling around and you're brushing your teeth beside them <laughs> and you're in like the little shower stall and they're in the little shower stall next to you. And so that part was kind of weird for me. There's always that one couple at every campsite that's been camping for way too long. They have the folding chairs, the Christmas lights in July. We'd love to have you for dinner. I'm sure you would. <laughs> now, how do I get a padlock on my tent so we're not eaten by Mon Pod Dahmer? <laughs> Happy camper. 
Has anyone ever really been a happy camper? Because whenever we use that term, we're being sarcastic. He is not a happy camper. Why don't we just call him a camper? He's miserable. You know who's a happy camper? The guy leaving the campsite. He's the happiest camper. He gets to take a shower. Okay, so one thing is for sure. Camping is dirty. I mean, it's dirty. Like, my kids were so dirty, and their feet, and their shoes, and there's just dust everywhere. And it was just kind of, you know, it was kind of dirty. And I'm kind of like, you know, I'm kind of not maybe that dirty of a person. And so that was kind of, yeah. And there was a lot of mosquitoes in the morning, in the evening, in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night. There was a lot of mosquitoes. And so we used a lot of bug repellent. You know, I was kind of spraying down my kids with, I don't even know what's in this bug repellent, but at least they weren't, you know, in the moment getting attacked by mosquitoes. Here's one of my harrowing stories of the trip. On our way there, my oldest son, he has to stop and use the bathroom a lot. I think he thinks of it and then he's like, I got to go. And so we had stopped many, many times. And then we were in an expanse of road in Wyoming where there was just nothing. There wasn't even other cars. We're just driving in Wyoming and he's got to go. So I'm like, we're just going to pull over on the side of the road. We're just going to pull over. There's no cars. There's no people. There's nothing. We're just going to pull over. And so I picked this spot and he was, you know, using the grass and I got out of the car for a minute just to make sure he was safe. And my youngest starts screaming, there's bugs, there's bugs getting in the car, there's bugs. So I walk around and there's so many bugs getting in the car, like 50 to 100 flying gnats. I thought they were gnats. They look like gnats. I've never in my life seen any bug swarm except for gnats. You know, if you're out walking sometimes near water, you have all these gnats. And I'm like, oh, they're just gnats, baby. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And then I get in the driver's seat and I look down and there are two mosquitoes sucking my blood out of my arm. And I realize the car is full of mosquitoes, like 50 to 100 mosquitoes. And so I make a small mistake and I yell something like, oh, no, it's mosquitoes. So my youngest panics. Um, He doesn't like mosquitoes at all. And he unbuckles, gets out of the car and just starts running. And so he's screaming and running. The other one's, you know, he's not done yet. And I'm in a car with open doors that is just filling with mosquitoes. It was definitely one of those moments that my kids will talk about for the rest of their lives. So I had to get the one calm down and back to the car. Then I remembered I had a big can of off in the back. So I start spraying the mosquitoes, spraying my kids and getting everybody inside buckled up. They're both crying. I think I started crying, too. It was just a lot. Uh, And uh, we stop about a mile down the road, and we just spray off on all the mosquitoes until they're all dead. (laughs) So the the ozone above Wyoming is not what it was before we went, just for the record. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of off coming from my family. Um, So uh, let me tell you some of the best parts, though. Like, the best parts. Uh, we were camping, you know, it was just me and my kids and we joined some other families that were there. And in total, there were 17 of us. And at night, uh, we would cook a meal together and then we would sit around the fire. All 17 of us would sit around the fire 
and we would start to share. We had the kids lead devotions, and so it was really special. The kids would share something they'd seen that day, something. It was really special to hear the kids talking about what they were seeing and feeling and and sharing from God's Word, and then they would ask a question, and we'd go around the circle, and everyone would answer the question. And young and old, um, what was the most you know difficult thing you've ever done in your life, or you know when was the time you were the most hurt, or when was the most joyful time of your life? And you you talk about getting to know people. I mean, we're not sitting at a movie together, we're not watching TV together. We're like listening to each other, and um, and I I learned a lot about these people who I kind of felt like I already knew. Now I feel like I know them so much better. That was definitely the best part of camping. Um, that and some of the food. We made s'mores one night with Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> and just for the record, that's the way to go. Because you know how the Hershey's bar doesn't always melt with the heat of the um, marshmallow. And for me, sometimes it's been like, this just ain't doing it for me. I've thought that many times, many times about s'mores. Like this just ain't, you know, whatever. Because it's just, oh, Reese's peanut butter cups melt like really well. And then you've got the chocolate and the peanut butter and the marshmallow and the graham cracker. You got to try that. That was divine. And then there was one breakfast. Um, my friends, the Wallers, uh, they call them McWallers, where they had these cast iron bread-shaped containers, and you put bread in each side that you've buttered, and then you crack an egg on one of the pieces of bread. You cut a circle and you crack an egg, and then they had some sausage that they had fried up in advance in a baggie, and so you put the sausage on it, and then you sprinkle some cheese in there. Then you close the contraption that's made of cast iron and lock it, and it's on a long stick, and you put it in the fire. And the fire heat and the cast iron makes these toast bread egg cheese sausage concoctions. And it was so good. I had two and a half. And that was way too much to eat. But I was camping, you know, and I wasn't sleeping well and I was dirty and I was, you know, had some weird camping people kind of wandering around. And so I ate to comfort myself. (laughs) The McWallers, one of the high points. The Grand Tetons, most literally one of the high points, so beautiful, so crazy beautiful, and the McWallers. These are probably the high points of my camping experience. To be fair, it is beautiful during the day, you know, but at night you're always like, we're all going to die! <laughs> There's monsters out there! I see their eyes! I probably wouldn't be so scared if I wasn't sleeping in a bag. <laughs> hey, let's prepackage ourselves for the serial killer, huh? I can't get away, can you? I could hop for a little, but I'm dead meat. <laughs> you ever have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? You always look at your friends. Nice knowing you. <laughs> Anyone want to come and get killed with me, or you want to get killed looking for me? <laughs> We're all dead. It's not just serial killers. There's bears out there. Last time I went, I got this pamphlet that said if a bear approaches, you're supposed to play dead. Really? We're going to rely on my acting skills? Play dead? Who came up with that? Maybe the bears? Play dead, cover yourself in honey, climb on a large white plate. Don't try to run away from us. I mean the bears. 
How does that even work? There's a bear. Uh, 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 hope the bear thinks we die standing up. As if bears have some ethical code. I don't mess with dead bodies. I'm a bear, not an animal. That was the worst impression of a bear ever. Play dead. I'm not saying that strategy didn't work once, but when they find a body that's been mauled by a bear, how do they know that guy wasn't playing dead? Maybe he was the best at it. And the bear was like, great performance, but I'm starving. And he looks like a burrito. Why are we even camping where there's wild animals? That wouldn't be a selling point for anything else. Oh, it's a beautiful golf course. Plus, around the ninth hole, there's a pack of wolves. If they start running at you, just play through. <laughs> I thought of that comedy routine so many times when I was camping because you're, you're out there with wild animals and you're like, you know, walking around and sleeping out there and there's signs everywhere. Don't feed the bears. Watch out for the bears. There's bears. Guard your trash. Guard your food. There's bears, and so it's kind of hard to let your guard down when you're, you know, constantly thinking about the wild animals. Uh, but the bottom line uh, for me is that I am so thankful that I had some time away in such a beautiful place, Wyoming, and with such treasured friends who were so magnanimous and kind to share their camping knowledge with us and their lives with us. And so I had a wonderful time, and I'm very thankful for my friends. And I hope that you get some time, just some breathing time this summer to let your soul be refreshed. And I definitely am less weary than I was when I left, so I hope you get that too. And so in closing, I just wanted to ask you, where are you going to camp? And I'm not talking about Wyoming, but there's a lot going on in our country right now. And it is so important for you to know where you're going to drive your tent pegs down really deep, really deeply. Where are you going to camp? What do you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Do you just regurgitate what you heard somebody else say? Do you just say the first thing that pops into your mind and you just say that and you haven't really thought? Have you prayed? Have you read? Have you had discussions with some of your smart friends asking them what they believe and why? Have you challenged your own thoughts? Do you know what the Bible says about marriage and sin? And how do you feel about people that you believe are sinning? And do you hate them? Or do you love them? And do you put all of your faith in being an American? Or do you have a faith in something different? And the faith that you have, does that lead you to love even if you disagree? And what does love really look like? What does it mean to truly love somebody? And I'm just wondering, where are you going to camp? And have you just thrown a tent up any old place? Or have you thought it through? Like this is the ground that I'm going to stand on and I'm going to teach my children. And I, I am just going to encourage you. I'm just encouraging you. I'm, I'm begging you. Think before you talk. Think. Pray and think and read. There are some very intelligent commentaries. There are some very well thought out blogs. There's one blog that I posted, really the only public thing that I've put out about anything. It was Max Lucado's blog 
Um, Prayer, not despair is the name of that. that. There's a good place to start. If you haven't read anything, think about where you're going to camp and then camp there because things are not going to stay the way that they have been. There's a lot of change coming. And if you aren't solid on what you believe and why, your, your tent's going to blow away. You know, you got to go deep. You got to go deep. It's time for you to think and pray and read and then pick your camp. Hashtag thanks for listening.